Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. We are actually recording this episode on Thursday, July 6th. It is about 9, 10 central time. And the reason for that is we all had the day off for the 4th of July. So, without further ado, I am your host, Cody Coster. With me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you? Good morning, Cody. I am doing well. And to all of our listeners out there, we apologize for doing this on Thursday, but travel schedules do dictate during the holiday season here. And uh, as Cody mentioned, 4th of July, there was an auction on the GDT. They apparently didn't take the day off to celebrate in New Zealand, our, our Independence Day. But here we are, and through the magic of the internet and time, we're able to cheat just a little bit today because we've been able to gather lots of commentary from other people as well as gotten to see a little bit of the market reaction. But we'll try to add a little bit more flavor to the uh, conversation here today other than just what we've seen happen since. So with the GDT that happened on Tuesday, John, quite a bit lower, maybe a little bit more than uh, expectations had kind of given us a look into. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a bit of a tough one. Uh, you are correct. The overall auction was 3.3% lower. And then some of the highlights that are out there, whole milk powder actually held in there at about just negative 0.4. That actually exceeded expectations based on the futures and the GDT pulse that we had coming into this week. However, that was the the negative 0.4 was actually the the highlight, if you will, to the upside of most of the behavior on the GDT. Skim milk powder down 6%. That is going to take skim milk powder to just shy of $1.15. This is a, a pretty low price for skim milk powder. And I think futures were kind of pointing towards a a negative reaction here. Maybe not quite as negative as this came out, but this will be the lowest price that we've seen since August of 2020 on New Zealand skim milk powder. We want to keep in mind that uh, the U.S., we would have thought that the U.S. would react to this yesterday. It did indeed down 0.75, I believe, yesterday. Not much. It brought the U.S. nonfat market down to 111 on the CME. The EU, though, at 109 already, and that was coming off of last week. So with the New Zealand price coming down to 115, I think we can expect that we're going to see more downside out of both the U.S. and the EU. As we move over, though, to the butter side of things, butter was lower here by 10%, came in the day. You know, when you do the 82% adjusted, that's going to put the New Zealand butter price at about 214 a pound. EU right now at 214, US at 247. So the the US is, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when the New Zealand price went higher, it put the US as no longer the highest price in the world. That position didn't last very long. Now both the EU and New Zealand prices have moved lower to 214 and the US has moved higher. We are now at 247, which is significantly higher than the rest of the world. Finally, of the major products out here, we want to look at cheddar down 3.1%. That's going to put the New Zealand cheddar price at $1.99. And that compares to the EU at $1.96 and the US price down here in the mid 130s. So, you know, there's plenty of room on the cheddar side between the U.S. price and the EU and New Zealand price. However, I think that 
as we've talked about several times, mozzarella is probably our biggest comparative price there on U.S. cheddar exports. And that is still, you know, those prices bounced up to about 150, 160 a few weeks ago in Europe and have since come back down. So we do face some pretty significant headwinds there on the cheddar side, or excuse me, on the cheese side as well. So with that being said, Cody, again, the overall composite index down 3.3%. And this is going to be the lowest price that we've got on the index going back to April of this year. And then in order to go lower than April of this year, we have to go all the way back into late 2020, getting into Q4 of 2020. So it's been a few years since we've been at these price levels out here. And, uh, you know, not to bury the headline here or bury the thought, but I don't know that we're going to stop here in terms of finding lower prices. With that being said, John, maybe we can speak to like the regions uh, buying on this auction. Was there one that stuck out to you in your mind with some of these lower prices that really jumped in here and kind of got the the buying train going. Yeah, you bet. And that's a great question. Our good friends at Fresh Agenda have pointed out to us that this was the lowest Chinese involvement on whole milk powder ever seen on the GDT. And that's quite a statement from a lot of different perspectives. Ever, not not just like this year, but you're saying ever. Ever seen on the GDT for whole milk powder. And I, I think we have to make sure that we put that categorization on there or that descriptor. It was not the lowest Chinese participation ever on the, but at least in terms of whole milk powder, I think, you know, the Chinese predominantly buy whole milk powder. And so that is just so important that when they're not here, prices typically go lower and and it's a sign of a, a weakening market, if you will. What I find remarkable about this is that whole milk powder only came in 0.4% lower. And a a lot of different analysts that I've been able to read while I was on vacation, sitting at the beaches of uh, Wisconsin, perusing, you know, my email was that if we just look at that 0.4% lower, it kind of hides the idea that there's a problem out here, right? You can look at that and say, well, China must have been there. Well, they they really weren't. And, And we can see it. This is the lowest whole milk powder participation ever for the Chinese. That doesn't bode well in terms of demand. Again, if I want to turn it upside down and look at it, I can say, well, the Chinese weren't there and whole milk powder was still up 0.4%. That means we had some participation from some other regions and that we did. The Middle East did a pretty decent buying out here. And we again, we've got Central and South America doing a little bit, but it's really Southeast Asia that's been the strong second contender in here. That is really great to see. And I think that they're going to continue to be here. At least they've shown that. But there's just nobody that can buy as much whole milk powder as China can. And as they back off, one has to suspect that the New Zealanders are going to adjust their make and move out of whole milk powder and start putting it into maybe some of these other products, if not simply at a price, but because that's what they need to do to find a home for some of this product. So we'll see. These things do take time to adjust. And again, the New Zealanders are going to go out there and chase that highest return. And if whole milk powder is the highest return, we can expect that they will try to do that. But my guess is, is that in the absence of Chinese demand, it's going to be tough for them to even market the stuff they've got. So it just feels like it's going to pull the whole market down. And just as an example of that skim going down here to $1.15, you know, this is the lowest skim milk powder price that we have seen since 
November of 2020, excuse me, going back even a little bit later than that into August of 2020, we talked about how this was the lowest overall auction since April of this year. In order to go back before that, you had to go back to 2020. Skim milk powder is already there. And that kind of senses to me that, or it leads me to believe that whole milk powder is, is going to head in that direction. And we're going to see the general auction move that way as well. Well, I mean, we've hit on a lot of good things in this uh, this episode today, John, but is there any one thing that stood out to you that we haven't kind of talked about yet for uh, global dairy trade kind of looking into the future here? I guess it comes right now. If I read anything out of all of the different reports on the GDT that I'm able to read, and a lot of times I have to read them after we put ours out, I was able to read this and, you know, read a lot of this stuff now. And, you know, what we can look at it is, it's just demand, demand, demand right now. There's a lot of milk out there. We can look at it all and say, hey, we expect milk prices to lead to less production. And I think that's probably pretty clear. But in the meantime, right now, demand is an issue. It's a de- an issue domestically. It's an issue internationally. And I think we see that here with, again, Chinese participation being so low. I'm just not sure, you know, uh, I'm not sure how to take anything else away from that. And that, you know, if we get that demand to come back, maybe we go someplace, right? But right now, in the absence of that, we we probably have a little too much milk. And that is just deflating prices here. And again, it's not just in the U.S. It's in other regions of the world as well. And I would expect right now to see a further deterioration of these prices as we move through the summer here. Again, as we get further into the fall, we'll probably see the effects of these low milk prices. But in the short term, we have to look at this and say, hey, we've got a little bit too much more milk than we need. And demand certainly isn't showing signs that it's growing at the moment. All right. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of GDT Tuesday on this special Thursday with John Spainhauer and myself. Uh, We will see everybody in about two weeks, middle of July, for the next auction. But until then, everyone have a great week, great weekends. We'll talk to you soon.